when we think about setting clear limits and expectations, there are certain areas in which um, having those expectations can help times of the day go more smoothly. In our role as counselor, being able to hear from parents certain times that um, are really challenging. We know that homework, homework can play out very differently in different homes on different days and with different children, but it's one of those times that can really be a struggle for families, um, no matter the age of the child. There's many different ways in which homework struggles can take shape, whether it be struggle sitting down and getting started. It might be uh, an assignment or an activity taking too long that a child reaches that frustration point, exhaustion point. It may be uh, maybe just sticking to it and persevering through something really difficult, um, whether it's writing or something that requires like fine motor coordination with a kindergartner or, you know, there, there's just so many places where it can break down. And so a non-preferred subject, right? We want to think about some strategies that might help this time of day go more smoothly. I think it's really important to note if your child's tired or hungry or needs a break before getting to their homework. Um, we forget that they've been at school all day trying to focus and some kids actually need a little runaround break before they get started. And this is where your child really can help you determine um, what's going to work. If you kind of do it a couple of different ways, maybe one day you try letting them have their snack and run around for 10 or 15 minutes and then get down to homework, sort of see what happens and help them tell you what's happening for them and then do it another way where you come home and get right to work. It's really sort of an experiment, I think. I think we, we think it has to be one certain way and really um, the way it works for different families is kind of all over the place. Some kids do their homework while they're waiting for their karate lesson. Some kids need to go home and not be around other people. It just varies a lot. It's an important time to take basic needs into consideration. Um, do they need that, that downtime? Do they need a snack? Do they need to sit and cuddle with you before jumping back into the focus that it may take to read a book or to work through those math problems? And making sure that you're setting them up for success before diving into that homeschool time. And sometimes it's not just homework overall, it's that subject. So in middle school, it could be math is really tricky for that child and they breeze through their other homework, but math brings up, you know, different challenges. And so it's important to look at not just homework overall, but what sorts of work are bringing up this, you know, change in mood or frustration tolerance. And then I think it's important to think about if you need to reach out to the teacher or you, in middle school, we help kids advocate for themselves and reach out to their teachers who might say, you know, teacher might say, spend 15 minutes on your math today and it's taking you 30. Well, that's a great opportunity for your child to email the teacher and say, hey, you said spend this much time, I spent this much time and I still don't understand what can I do. So not thinking that your child has to be the one who solves it all or you have to be the one, it's important mm -hmm. to reach out for some support. So it can be really helpful to, if you've been having homework struggles, to sort of take a week and take some notes. So you can identify where it is breaking down and ask your child when it is successful, like what just, what just happened? You just got down and did your math homework. 
what's going on here? What makes today so different for you that you just got right to it? And you might be surprised what they say. You know, oh, my teacher made it a game today, or I'm just feeling like I got some sleep, or that snack I ate really helped me. Kids can make some connections that we sometimes forget to notice. Yeah, the lower school students it may require you to uh, assess what's going well for that certain homework session, um, what was set up in advance, maybe knowing that they are going to have dance class coming up later in the afternoon and that helped your second grader focus and get it done because they're really looking forward to dance class. Um, they, they may not be able to articulate it in the younger years, but older students can reflect more and be able to assess what, what might have helped support that homework time or what might have made that more challenging. That makes me think of some tools that middle schoolers actually have, which is their planner and Keysnet, where they can check their homework. And sometimes, you know, if they have like a, a whiteboard in their room and they write off their write down their tasks and they check them off with different colors, there's all kinds of ways to make that a more engaging process. And I think um, for older students, that's one of the ways to get buy-in um, as well. Yeah, having that specific space set up um, for older students, having them identify what's gonna, what space is going to work for them. Younger students as well, being able to have that, not just the clear time that is set out for homework, but also that space and having the materials and, and anything they might need there in order to avoid any potential uh, hindrances from getting, getting work done. And I think it's really important if you make a change, you know, to... In, when, as you are a scientist and looking at when it goes well and you do make some changes, to give that change some time, not just keep making changes <laughs> because one day it worked and one day it w didn't, so now you're going to abandon it. Um, it's important to have some stability and just uh, give things some time, maybe a week, maybe longer than that. Yeah, when setting up routines, you have to give it an opportunity for things to really either take flight or crash and burn. And really, before you make that call and assess whether something's working or not, you've got to give it that full effort and, and stick with it. Maybe your child is the child who will not sit down, will not start homework. Um, that's where the struggle begins, is even getting started. Um, some strategies, some ideas to help support that. You could start with a conversation with the child outside of that moment as far away from homework time as possible to be able to talk about, you know, homework time seems to be really, really hard to sit down and, and get started. Have you noticed that? What do you think might be challenging for us? How can we work through this problem together? Being able to get their input and their ideas outside of the moment, outside of that panic moment, outside of that moment of exhaustion uh, because it's been a long day, and work and think about how to set things up in those calm moments that are far from when they're being asked to focus on that homework. And sometimes I think giving that child a win whether it's the less time we procrastinate and stall to get going, the more time we actually have to play, connecting those kind of logical consequences. But that's real life. If we use our time wisely and we get to what we need to get to, there's more time for what we really want. And so if it's the child's not really enjoying their homework and they're looking forward to that playtime, maybe it's, you know, setting a timer and saying, 
How long do you think you need to get ready? A visual timer works really well. We use those at school where they can see the time in a pie chart kind of way, and they can see the time kind of disappearing as they anticipate getting started. And that doesn't even need to be just for get the younger students. A visual timer can work great for the older students or just that notion of it all doesn't have to happen right now. Give yourself 10 minutes and then either work on something else, go take a break, go get a snack, go outside, shoot some hoops. Being able to give that permission that it all doesn't have to happen right then uh, can make a task like homework feel less daunting. One of the benefits of using a timer is that... Kids don't often have a real grasp on the amount of time that elapses. So if you set a timer with them and say, how about 15 minutes? And you set that, they're going to grow to get a better sense of what that means so that when that time is up, it's not an abrupt transition. And this can apply in so many different arenas of your schedule. So not just for homework, but for bedtime and other things um for for small kids and even adolescents sometimes that that amount of time is perceived differently if it's my time in my video games or my time doing my homework it's important as grown-ups for us to remember that what might take us two minutes to accomplish is going to be longer for a child to accomplish so being able to set our expectations of how long it's going to take for a kid to accomplish a certain task is a really important piece to setting up a routine and an expectation being able to have that perspective of um, what that experience is going to be like through the eyes and hands and feet of a child after having that conversation with your child about what's not working Um, Being able to then use that scientific detective work to think about what strategies you can come up with to help things go successfully. So maybe they let you know, I I just want to play. Okay, so thinking about being able to give some play time and also understanding that then there's the, the flip side of that and getting done what, the, what it is that they need to get done. Um, so being able to find the, the room, even you know 10 minutes of playtime to have that timer, to have that audible noise of a timer going off be that indication that now it's time to shift gears um, can at least help set up the routine and the expectation that you'll get your time and then there'll be the, the time where you need to be responsible and take care of your um, requirements, whether it be homework, whether it be cleaning your room, um, having that conversation and that give and take so that the child knows that um, whatever it is that's important to them, whether it is having that time to play with their pet or having that time just to sit on the couch, that you respect that and you can honor that, but uh, being able to then break it down that then there's also what's expected of them uh, and their, their uh, jobs that they need to do. And I think approaching it as an experiment and getting them on board with that, we're going to try this strategy of giving you these 10 minutes of playtime and then you get to your homework and then we're going to evaluate at the end of the week how did that go and we're going to take an approach that is observational and sort of not as subjective as it might be when we say oh we gave you that 10 minutes and then it didn't go well and you know we go down that rabbit hole because one time maybe it didn't work so we engage all of us in really observing what happened when we do try something different It's important to think about when you're going to reflect on when it goes well and when it doesn't go well, 
maybe that day that you gave them those t- those minutes for what they wanted to do, but it didn't go very well. I think it's important to time your conversation well. So maybe you have a family meeting at the end of the week when you look at each day and how it went. Um, I don't think you have to fix it that very day when it didn't go perfectly because your child at that point might be tired, might be hungry, you might be frustrated, and um, really looking at is this a situation that needs immediate conversation or can we take all this data and have a calm conversation we're not in the throes of this challenge. I'm a big fan of making sure that you're not processing in an emotional moment um, with your child conversation of reflection is going to go over better if all parties are in a clear-headed space. And a lot of the times when we're flooded with emotion because we said we were going to do homework after 10 minutes of playtime and then that did not happen is not the time to talk about that. That's going to be too emotionally charged for the parent and for the child and not going to give you the opportunity to really reflect in an effective manner. And if you have good notes, you can go back to it later if you've taken a note of when it went well and when it didn't. I think if it doesn't go well, you might feel like you're losing your power and control of the situation. And it's a time to step back maybe and say, you know what, we're trying to figure this out. It's okay that it doesn't go perfectly. And control is not really what we're after. We're after success and things that go better. So If we can somehow be a team with our children and help them be part of the success. I think that as parents, we want to save face. And those times when things don't go well, the knee-jerk reaction is to pull that power card. And um, that that can be something that needs to be maybe untrained um, as you're going through this process of really trying to figure out what's going to work best for your family and being vulnerable and being honest and being able to say to your kid, that didn't work well. I'm going to have to think about how this can go better for both you and I Mm -hmm. and feeling okay to leave it there and come back to it at another time. It's okay. It's okay. It lets your child know how you're feeling Mm -hmm. which is a really important model, um, Mm -hmm. especially when things aren't going well. Mm -hmm. And I think it just sort of releases some of that pressure when you can say, I'm frustrated. I'm really wanting this to go better for us so we don't end up mad at each other for the rest of the evening. So I'm going to be thinking about this. Um, I don't think you have to fix it in the moment to still have some power. I think you can be assured that With these regular conversations, your child will know you're working to the best of your ability to make it successful for both of you. I think it's tempting to use rewards and consequences as the way to try to have more control. And there are times when rewards can be useful because a child still hasn't gotten that intrinsic reward of doing their homework. And so if it takes something like you know, their favorite color Sharpie smiley face on their paper or, you know, something. I think rewards are best when they're related to the actual task and not some extrinsic thing that we're going to have ice cream every time we do our homework on time. You know, that's going to set a very dangerous precedent, I think. The end goal is to have our children be intrinsically motivated uh, to take care of their responsibilities. Um, And sometimes that can get undermined by rewards um, 
but there also are the children and the situations, especially at younger ages, where that's going to um, have a benefit, a short-term benefit. And being able to set up some of those routines on a short-term basis mm-hmm. um, can be helpful if you think about potty training and a sticker chart. Mm-hmm. Um, then that's something that they're going to end up mastering. And you don't give your kid an M&M every time that they go to the bathroom by the time that they're in kindergarten. Um, so thinking about how you can, if, if that's how you work best with your child to get a new behavior implemented, how you can make sure that you don't continue that and that the reward is not why the child is continuing that behavior, but that the behavior is becoming part of how they function. Using some sort of external motivation system for your child to start a behavior um, does work well for some younger children, but being able to pull away from that and not rely on it once you start to see the behavior um, really being implemented and providing that positive reinforcement in praise and acknowledgement and um, showing that you know that your child can do this on their own, that they've shown you that, being able to pull away from an external reward and have that sense of pride and sense of accomplishment be what drives the, the behavior to continue. And I think it's easy to forget sometimes because we finally get that thing we wanted and we don't stop to reinforce it and say, huh, you did it. How did you do it? You know, and get really curious and help that child make sense of it themselves so mm-hmm. that we're not just giving that praise, having them say, well, how, you know, how it felt to be successful. And so they can really take ownership of that success. That's going to power that behavior to continue. And then also be able to translate over to other challenges, being able to build upon that success to translate it over to other challenges that may come up along the way, having that faith in themselves, you having them faith in them that they can accomplish hard things. So beyond just getting started with homework, another challenge is when a student sort of struggles with one area of the homework. In middle school, there are kids, you know, who will do great with their reading and writing homework, and then they get to math, and it's just meltdown, puddle, puddle of tears. And um, it's important to strategize with, with your child about when does the challenging sub- subject come? Does it come first while you still have some focus and regulation? Does it come after a break where you go and shoot hoops or do something physical to kind of get yourself calm and ready? So um, it's also really important to note that a child has a whole support team around them with their teacher and at middle school, their teacher, their advisor. They can communicate about those struggles. They don't have to be alone with it. So um, it's really hard to talk about one size fits all answer to that situation, but it's important to look at the factors around the subject that your child might be struggling with. Maybe a, a conversation with the teacher would, would shed some light on where the struggles are even in the classroom, and that might help the homework situation. Um, I know there are kids who, if, if they feel really strongly that they do well in something, they want to just do that homework because they have to do it in a way they feel successful. And when that doesn't feel right, they just don't even want to try at all. And so that's kind of a something you know about your child, um, how they respond to new challenges. So, I think for the younger students, having that really consistent routine um, where they've got the quiet space to do their homework, they've got 
you in a close enough but far enough way that they can call on you for help when needed, but that you're not hovering them, figuring out what's going to work best for your child, for their age level, for the, what's required of them, um, having that clear expectation of how much time they will be spending on their work, how much time the teacher's expecting them to spend on it, and also having that flexibility, especially in the younger years of saying, you know, I think, I think we've done enough tonight. And being able to communicate that to the teacher, uh, it's such important feedback for you, for your child, and for your child's teacher to know what's going on at home when it comes to homework. And a lot of that applies to middle school as well. I think an additional factor is um, tuning out distractions and making sure other screens are turned off and what that, stra- what that routine will be ahead of time. That's something that you don't want to spring on them right as homework happens. It's like a routine of we put our phones away, we shut down our messages, and we are much more effective. And helping a child learn that that actually works best for them is really important, getting that buy-in. And that's another way we can model for them um, when we're trying to multitask. Are we as successful as we hope to be? Yeah. Um, In my household, I have Two children that do homework in a very different way, but both prefer to do it near one another. Um, so that creates its own challenges as one is you know, talking out loud as they're doing their math and the other one is trying to focus on reading. Yet they insist on both being in the kitchen to do their homework. Um, so being able to help them evaluate when they might need to move to a different space, when that's going to work better, um, but still know that I'm accessible. I can be there to help support them. Um, one child who gets home, pulls out the homework, blows right through it. Another child who sits there and um, there's so many other distractions that can take place to keep her from following through and, and getting things done efficiently. 